The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. A new policy making sure transgender students are treated equally in Chesterfield County schools was approved this week. As Ian Stewart reports, by law, school districts have to adopt a policy by the start of the school year. Ashley Apple is the mother of two Chesterfield students and is a family practitioner who works in pediatric urgent care. She asked a school board to pass the policy, saying when transgender students get support from places such as schools, their mental health and academic achievements improve. There's no evidence to suggest that these supportive measures pose any risk to the health or well-being of any students, and these actions can be quite literally life-saving for transgender students. The policy covers everything, from addressing a transgender student with their preferred name to participating in team sports consistent with their gender identity. Despite being a state mandate, not all districts are complying, says V. Lamnick, executive director of Equality Virginia. There are also a handful of school districts that are simply refusing. Last month, State Superintendent James Lane sent a letter to all school districts saying boards that don't adopt policies, quote, assume all legal responsibility for noncompliance. Ian Stewart, VPM News. The Hanover County NAACP is calling the local school board's decision to not require masks for students and staff, quote, totally irresponsible. Despite the superintendent's recommendation to wear them, the school board voted 4-3 to three against requiring face masks during the upcoming school year. The Hanover County NAACP is asking the board to hold a special meeting to hear from experts and is encouraging them to reverse the decision. Students will be going back to school on September 7th. According to the CDC's COVID-19 data, Hanover County has a high level of community transmission. State lawmakers selected eight new judges this week to Virginia's Court of Appeals amid criticism that the process was too secretive. It's a more diverse bench with four women and four African Americans. There's also greater diversity of experience. Brad Haywood is the executive director of Justice Forward Virginia, a criminal justice reform advocacy group and a public defense attorney. While the negotiations took place behind closed doors, Haywood says lawmakers obviously listen to advocates. I don't believe that this eight was who they would have picked had they not had considerable input from groups calling for professional diversity and insisting on racial and gender diversity. The General Assembly passed legislation earlier this year providing the right to an appeal in all civil and criminal cases. Six judges were added to the court to match the increased workload. VPM's Whitney Evans and Ben Pavier will have more on the wrap-up of the special session coming up in a few minutes. Nine state-run correctional facilities will open for in-person family visitations on September 1st. Those include Greensville Correctional Center, Buckingham Correctional Center, and Fluvanna Correctional Center for Women. The Virginia Department of Corrections said yesterday it anticipates all facilities statewide will be able to resume family visits by October 1st. State officials say people who are incarcerated must be vaccinated to have any guests. Visitors 12 and up will be required to wear face masks and take a self-administered antigen test. One of Virginia's largest companies is pushing back workplace return plans for U.S. office workers until at least November 2nd. Capital One CEO Rich Fairbank wrote that the Delta variant is responsible for the decision. 
Its ability to spread among even vaccinated people has changed the company's calculus. Another new policy for Capital One when they do return to the office is that workers, contractors, and visitors must show proof of vaccination. The company will adopt a hybrid model in November, and unvaccinated employees may continue working virtually. Virginia's special session is over, just over a week after it started. Lawmakers came up with a plan for more than $4 billion in federal stimulus funds and appointed a slate of new judges. Here to talk about it all are VPM reporters Ben Pavier and Whitney Evans. Ben, Whitney, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Whitney, let's start with you. On Tuesday, lawmakers selected eight new judges to Virginia's Court of Appeals. That's a lot of new faces for what is now a 17-person court, and Republicans accused them of packing the court. Remind us what's going on here. Yeah, so a few years back, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court requested a review of Virginia's appellate system to see whether Virginians should have a right to an appeal in all civil and criminal cases. Until now, Virginia was the only state that didn't provide the automatic right to an appeal. The review concluded that having judges take a closer look at more cases will result in more errors being found in fairer trials. So the General Assembly, in response to that review, passed legislation earlier this year that provided the right to appeal. And this meant the court would need more judges to take on all these new cases. And the Democratic majority got to pick six new judges and fill two vacancies that are unrelated to the expansion. All these decisions, starting with the court's initial expansion, happened along party lines. As you can imagine, Imagine Republicans weren't eager to let them add judges or transform the court in this unprecedented way. Democrats promised a more diverse judiciary, which is right now largely white and male, and to the disappointment of Republicans and much of the public that with the vetting process that happened largely behind closed doors. And now that the process is over, what do we know about their eight picks? Well, reform-minded advocates got much of what they wanted in the end. There are four women and four African-Americans on the bench. There's still a bend toward judges from Northern Virginia, but that's to be expected because that's a big chunk of Virginia's population. Professional diversity was also a focus in these selections. The court was made up of mostly former prosecutors before. Now there are former defense attorneys and lawyers who have experience representing low-income people. Okay, Ben, let's turn to you for a second. We mentioned there's a lot of money coming through the pipeline. Where is that money now and who's going to get a cut? So that money is currently in a Treasury account. Governor Ralph Northam quickly signed the budget on Tuesday, so it'll be making its way to state agencies any day now. It wasn't really different than the one he sent to lawmakers last week. They'd already done a lot of negotiating behind closed doors. And so if you think of that $4.3 billion they're spending as a pie chart, Almost a quarter of that will go to the Virginia Unemployment Commission, uh, mostly to replenish its funds and to avoid a tax increase on small businesses, although there's a little money left over there for some uh, technological overhaul. The next largest slice of the pie, about a fifth of it, is being left unspent to deal with any contingencies caused by the pandemic. And then the third largest item, it's around $500 million, goes towards expanding broadband across the state. There's also funding here for schools, for small businesses. There's a lot in this bill. And lawmakers actually met in person for all of this, which meant lobbyists and special interests were back in Richmond, too. That's right, Ben. Um, Democrats actually held a big fundraiser hours before the session started. And they, in the process, canceled their first meeting of a commission focused on campaign finance reform. Unlike regular session, it's legal to fundraise during special sessions. And this being an election year for the House of Delegates, the checks to both parties trickled in during this week. So Virginia is known for its lax campaign finance laws, and Democrats have been promising for years to address the issue. Shruti Shah is with the Coalition for Public Integrity. She says the special session fundraising raises questions about conflicts of interest. 
if you look at the intent of the law, there is really no difference between a special or a general session. If you can't fundraise in one, you shouldn't be able to fundraise in the other. The Campaign Finance Commission is now set to have its first meeting on Monday, August 23rd, and we'll be keeping an eye on that. All right. Well, Ben, Whitney, thank you both for your reporting on this. Happy to do it. Thanks, Ben. You're listening to VPM News. This newscast was recorded on... Wednesday, August 11th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.